We hear a lot about it in this market, multiple offers. It's a reality right now for buyers and sellers. Well, let's talk about what multiple offers mean for all of us and how to manage this particular part of real estate on this episode of House Maxing. Welcome to House Maxing with Butch Zielinski, a podcast designed to help sellers get the maximum value from their home. Butch is a licensed real estate agent in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Results. Now, Butch Zielinski. Welcome to the show. With me in the studio, as always, is the producer here at Minnesota Podcasting, Marshall Saunders. Hi, Butch. How's it going? Going well, Marshall. How are you? Good. It's good kind good. of an interesting year. We're, we're pretty much done with the summer and... There's no state fair, so uh, that's not going on. I know. No state <laughs> fair. I will, I'm riding my bike all the time. Um, 1,300 miles to date, by the wow. way. Wow. And what's your goal? Well, it was going to be 12, but now I'm already at 13, and then I, it was 18. But mm, I, okay, I'll say this out loud. 2020, 2020 2020. Miles. Yeah. Yeah. In honor of this great year, you're going to go 2020. Well, yeah. And so the, the state fair thing, like part of my route, my 20-mile and my 31-mile route, I pass where I would take a bus. Sure. I park and take a bus to the, the fairgrounds. And I was so, I'm was so i so sad mm-hmm. because, you know, it's that feeling in the air and the falls in the air. And I'm like, oh, no fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's something. It is something. Uh, apart from all the craziness this year, it sounds like the real estate market's rolling right along. It's just been unbelievable, honestly. <laughs> it has just been crazy. You know, I show property, call the agent, hey, can you give me a little information on, you know, the availability? Well, we have two offers. We have three offers. Ah. We've got one offer. We're expecting two more. A deadline, highest and best, tomorrow at 5. It's honestly exhausting, but also exciting at the same time because I never want to disappoint my clients. And so then I go into the whole, you know, well, if you really want to secure this property, here's what you need to do. So what you're talking about is multiple offers, right? The subject of today's show, multiple offers. And it is something that strikes fear in the heart of so many buyers because they just don't want to be kind of going through that whole process. And I've heard, you know, so many stories of people going through heartache after heartache, falling in love with a house, and then they they don't get it because someone outbids them. But if someone's listening to this and they haven't been through the process and they've only heard about it, just kind of what's the, the technical aspect? I mean, what is truly a multiple offer situation? It's whereby a property is listed... And then there's such strong interest, and then agent number one calls, I'm writing an offer. Agent number two calls, I'm writing an offer. Agent number three, I'm writing an offer. So the the listing agent then will choose a point in the future, typically 24 to 48 hours, for every agent to email them the offer, their highest and best offer by that date and time. Then they sit in, or you know, they provide these offers to the seller and go over them. Is there any rules regarding multiple offers? Like, if I'm an agent, can I say, "Hey, there's multiple offers, and there's not really multiple offers"? Is that illegal, or what is that? Uh, uh, oh, well, that would be a yes. Um, 
losing your license. No, no. I mean, it's just completely unacceptable. Um, because you can't lie. You, you can't. You li- just I mean, can't th- lie. that would be just ridiculous. But I could say something like, "Hey, somebody else said that they're going to write an offer." Right. Hard, hard for you to prove whether that happened or not. Yeah, I think that you know. I think there's no question uh, that they're to be honest with the agents, just to say there is strong interest. If there is, if there isn't, then just say thanks for the interest mm-hmm. and keep me posted, right? Mm-hmm. So you never want to make anything up ever. Um, that's a slippery slope and not acceptable at all. What's really important is, for for me, what I do with my buyers is I prepare them for this to occur before we go out. So we'll get a pre-approval letter. That's really critical. From the lender. From the lender uh, to make sure that I've got that. You know, not, you know, take them out Saturday and, you know, check with the lender on Monday. No, 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 no. We get a pre-approval letter before we get in my car, period. And on that pre-approval letter, does the the pre-approval letter actually say a number that these people can afford up to X, Y, Z? Or does it just say, hey, listen, they're pre-approved? Because, you know, if you're looking at a $350,000 home and it said, hey, they're approved up to 400000 suddenly the seller's like, well, hey, I know they can afford more. Right. You know, something like right. that. I always have my lender just say they're pre-approved. Sure. I don't, because, you know, it, it seems like some years ago that was sort of the norm. Like you picked a number. Right. And it's crazy. They're pre-approved. Right. And then... If, in fact, you've got time and you get in touch with the lender, then you can actually put the address of the property that you're writing an offer on. If not, fine, too. But to have that ready to go in combination with you know, a well-written offer mm-hmm. is important. And the buyers need to expect this in today's market, period. So, the, so you create this offer mm-hmm. with the good uh, – uh, pre-approval letter, and then you submit that to the seller's agent? Submit that to the seller's agent at the time that they have requested, and uh, and then you <laughs> wait. <laughs> Hope for the best. <laughs> you, wait, you wait for your phone to ring. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, this is a good time probably to bring up this whole idea of escalation clauses, because oh, it's, yeah, it's kind yeah. of a kind of a controversial item in this. Could you explain what an escalation clause is? Yeah. So an escalation clause in an offer would be that your buyer would pay, let's say, for instance, the verbiage would be uh, the buyer hereby agrees to pay $2,000 more than the uh, highest written offer. Okay. In that situation, if you're the only escalator, you might get it. If there's another escalator... Mm -hmm of more, then they might get it. Or a lot of agents and even companies aren't excited about... I, I, I understand um, how it works, but if you do have four offers and two escalation and one's 2,000 over and one's 25 over, then you know theoretically the 25 over would be do- done. Mm-hmm. That'd be it. So I, I think there's a little bit of an overreaction with these uh, escalation clauses, but by the same token, some people don't want them, mm-hmm. some sellers don't want them. And so really, though, what it forces you to do, it's really a shot in the dark. Sure. It's a shot in the dark. <laughs> and so you just don't know until 
you get there and you present it and then you get the feedback. Yes, you got it or no, you didn't right. get it. Now, the negative of an escalation clause for the seller would be, hey, I got you know four offers and one person offered me 850 and all the rest of them are down at 825. Whereas if someone had done, yeah, if, yeah, if the yeah. 850 had instead done an escalation clause, they would have got 827 rather than 850. Right. Of course, the... The big thing on this is appraisals, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. no matter whether you win the offer or not, the thing still got appraised if you're getting a you know conventional mortgage or something like that. Yeah, no, it's true. You you really need to be careful. A couple of them that I've done in the past couple of months were ten thousand. One was ten thousand over. One was five thousand over. But the last one two weeks ago was fifty thousand over. Wow. 800 lists and 50, we offered 850. We barely got it. And they were going to put a mortgage on it, but then they changed, they switched it to cash. Okay. So it became moot, mm-hmm. but I, you know, we were prepared for sort, sort of, uh, you know, an interesting outcome right. of the appraisal. Right. Yeah. And could you tell more about that story? How did you. How did you win it? It was just you had more cash than the other, or that your your buyers had a higher offer than the other buyer, or what? Yeah, yeah. So, so the feedback from the agent was, um, you know, she she called, and she said congratulations, and we were thrilled. I was so happy for my clients. Molly was just thrilled. Um, she has admired this house for years, running past it along the creek, and when they got it. I was speaking with Julie, the listing agent, just after the inspection, and and she said, Butch, I, I just want to let you know that this was, I mean, it was really, really close. And all along, I had assumed that it wasn't really close mm. with the 850. She said, it was really close. And you just need to know that the biggest reason that we worked with your offer is because I remember working with you in the past, and it was nice working with you. We were very respectful, and it was a really pleasant experience. And so we could have flipped a coin, but I explained to my client, let's not flip a coin, and let's go with – and so mm-hmm. I felt very honored to be acknowledged for what I try to do in this business the past 38 years is to treat everyone with respect. Well, it goes a long way to say that – when you're in multiple offer situations among amongst many different scenarios as a buyer, yeah. but you are well served to have a person with a longevity in this industry and a very good reputation, yeah. uh, not only to serving their clients, but also a good reputation in working with other realtors. Yeah. Because it sounds like in that situation, the money didn't do all the talking. Right. The, the agent that represented the buyer did yeah. a lot of the talking. Yeah. And I know that to be true from multiple scenarios that I have both seen and been in yeah. over the years is that the agent involved has a lot to do with winning multiple offers. Yeah, Tell me, this was uh, something that came up kind of recently in the news, um, these love letters. Do you know anything about <laughs> oh, the love letters? Oh, Marsh, honestly. <laughs> that could be an okay, episode okay. in and of itself. I am right? telling you. Okay, so... Tell me what a love letter is. First. I have to. Okay, I'm not a love letter guy. Yeah, uh, you think I would be? 
Uh, on one hand, I am. On another, I'm just so not. Sure. Okay. And so, but but I'm representing the buyer. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm telling you, in two of these scenarios, the buyers wrote a love letter, and it did influence the outcome. Okay. So tell tell people listening to this podcast what is a love letter. Oh, when we say that, what does that mean? Okay. So the buyers they put together some verbiage, like a story about who they are and what the what this would mean to them if they got the house and you know starting a family and the, the pictures and the the t- I, you know what it's it's quite lovely it really is and so i happily provide that but it's become with multiple offer situation it really has become almost a norm um the 850 we didn't do it but i think first time home buyers especially they're so excited to tell their story and get their little home, their nest started. So it, it really becomes a thing. And even with my son, Logan, and Kelsey, they did this too. Mm-hmm. And it was really it, – it was very successful. So, And so these love letters have become controversial because, A, there's no requirement that you're telling the truth when you write the love letter. You might just be spreading it on just to – Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. to work on people's sympathies and so on. Right. And there is a discrimination part of this. Absolutely. So let's say two people go in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Familial status is a protected class. Mm-hmm. So someone says, I mm-hmm. have a family. Mm-hmm. And someone doesn't mention that. Mm-hmm. Someone mentions um, creed. Someone mentions mm-hmm. uh, race or by just the names mm-hmm. that they use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, someone infers someone's race. Yeah. And then a love letter, one love letter is picked over another. Yeah. And possibly similar amounts of money. Yeah. Similar terms. And they say, so what about my love letter yeah. with my family of color mm-hmm. or my uh, yeah. uh, gay couple? Yes. Or yeah. my unmarried couple right. or my. Uh, we have kids and the other people don't, or something like that. Yeah, it it uh, it it allows that it, to creep into that situation. Uh, yeah, it does, and th- and that's really my reluctance for this whole thing. Uh, you, it, it really does make me nervous uh. because I I would like just the sellers to make a decision based on your house is for sale for a certain amount of money. And here are the offers. And I think when you when you go into that personal side and disclosure, mm-hmm. then you do run the risk. It's a very real risk of, you know, we everyone has biases. Everyone sees the world differently. Everyone as we, we as we're living mm-hmm. here in right. our country right now. So I think it's an incredibly valid point, the whole love letter scenario. Yeah. And I, I heard one person they picked uh, a family. Because they, quote, felt they would fit really well into this neighborhood. Right. Right? What does that mean? It it might mean nothing. You know, it might be totally innocuous. And that might just be – but also I can imagine if I were on the other side of that coin Mm -hmm. how that comment would make me feel. So it's it's kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Well, and I've had sellers in the past say, you know, I I really want someone with kids to buy this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like – no. You need to stop talking because 
you know, maybe and maybe not. Right. I am a licensed agent. I cannot discriminate based on no, 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 class. no. That's right. That's right. We'll get an offer and then uh, you'll decide whether <laughs> yeah, you right. want to accept. And you that. don't have to share with me why you chose it or not. <laughs> I don't need to lose my license. That's right. Because it, to that point, the seller can discriminate. A seller, when they're selling their own home, yes, can make those decisions right. based on those things. That's right. But you, as their real estate agent, as a licensed emissary of the state, yes. cannot, and right. you cannot aid them in doing that. That's right. And you cannot follow their directions to do that. Right. But what goes on in their own mind yeah. is yeah. not your business. Right. Exactly. Uh, but so it's a tough situation. It puts you kind of in the crosshairs of having to implement somebody else's uh, possible prejudice. That's so right. Yeah. That's right. Well, so... Multiple offers. Mm -hmm. This seems like, oh my gosh, this is just a glory for sellers, right? What a what a wonderful thing to have multiple offers on your home and, mm -hmm. and people bidding it up. Mm -hmm. What are the negatives for a seller when it comes to multiple offers? There can be a little bit of a roller coaster ride. I think sometimes what happens is buyers get excited and then they make an offer one of the three or four, and then they start, oh my, they start second guessing themselves. What have I done? This moved too fast. They started, you know, they start talking with family and friends and what have you. This just happened to me mm. uh, a couple months ago. Out of all these people, I paid the most. What am I? Yeah, am I just started, here? started losing it and sure. like calling me every other day. And I'm like, you, you bought the house. Right. So I think there's some – I think for the seller, you know, there can be some transactions that fall through mm -hmm. um, in a hypermarket like this. Does it make buyers more picky on inspections when they have paid 50000 more than this person was even asking for this house? I, this better be perfect when I walk through. That's a very interesting question because – when I walk through a property, I've been I've been doing this so long that I, I, I I'm not an inspector. However, I, I can see you know electrical panels and age of furnaces and roofs and windows and general mechanical condition, and and I can read that pretty well. I think the agent and the inspector have a lot to do. Inspectors, inspections, so subjective, each one so different and different outcomes. And so, you know, you need to be careful, especially with multiple offers, right? Kind of like we're going to make up, we're going to, mm -hmm. well, yeah, we paid 10000 over. We're going to like ask them to do this. And this. Right. I'm going to get a new furnace, a yeah, new roof, a that, new plumbing that, and, you know, pay that, for that. That's yeah. right. Well, bear in mind that right behind your offer, there are three others. Right. And the sellers can say no. And the sellers can say no or no, like maybe they would have done something, but if you overreach, right. then they're going to go um, next offer, please. Right. So you have to be really careful. Again, just be realistic, have realistic expectations of what a seller might be requested to do, and then put it out there, ask respectfully if they'll take care of these few items, and it'll be a yes or no, and go sure. from there. Right. Yeah. Because a seller has. The ability to say no, the seller doesn't necessarily have the ability to cancel a contract based on what you asked for. So if, that, if a buyer goes in and asks for the world, right. the seller can't just go, oh, well, canceling that contract. All they can go is 
Absolutely not. <laughs> right. And the buyer can then say, okay, well, then we're going to cancel. Right. Oh, because they're in, within their inspection period. Right. So that's fine. Yeah. But again, if you asked for too much, mm-hmm. you might have ruined your chance at a reasonable response. That's right. Quite possibly. The seller would have done a little bit. Yes. But when you overreach, then yeah. they're like, ah. Overreaching. Throw is... the whole thing out. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. It so. is a fine, I mean, just that brings up the fact that negotiation of a purchase agreement is a fine, nuanced dance between parties, isn't it? It is a fine, nuanced dance. And I, for me, the, the moment that there's interest in the property, I immediately call the agent, hopefully on their cell, and they pick up. And I say, hey, um, we're just looking at Minial Parkway. What a really beautiful house. If, if it is, I say it and I mean it. If it isn't, I, you know, right. right? And, and I establish rapport with the agent immediately because I may be working with them. And I want them to know how I communicate and that I do communicate. So that's the very first step. Mm-hmm. Then from there, I said, thank you so much for the information. I'll keep you posted if we're going to write or any information that I may, you know, questions that we may have at that point. And then go from there. But establishing rapport early on is really important because I've gotten so much feedback from agents who have said this. Another mm-hmm. one with my nephew and his wife, same thing. Builder, it was a builder, realtor. It was a remodeler, realtor. So mm. he bought it, remodeled it, and was his own realtor. Sure. And I immediately established rapport with him, and there were four or five offers on this one. And he said, the reason I chose you is you were you immediately called me, you established rapport with me, you were very – so I just – it's so important to communicate. I can't stress it enough. I, I see a lot of realtors or a few realtors that I see once in a while and in their advertising they say, I'll fight for you. Yeah. I'll fight for you. Yeah. Like – Dude, this is not a fight. <laughs> it's not. No, 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 no. It really isn't. You know what? We are, you know, our jobs are to be conduit of information and to get the transaction, you know, done um, in the best we, way we know how, whether we're representing a seller or a buyer. If they want to sell, you know, to do that in a professional manner. If they want to buy, to actually get them the house that they want for the least amount of money in the shortest period of time, but all all the while being respectful and ethical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any downsides to multiple offers for buyers, other than, of course, having to pay more for the house? Any long-term downsides? I don't necessarily think so. Right, it establishes a new value, mm-hmm. like a new high. Right. You know, we're seeing that uh, all over the Twin Cities, uh, establishing <laughs> new highs in 2020. A lot of firsts in 2020, but I think it's, you know, if they're prepared, if they're, uh, you know, disclosed, and if if they're sort of uh, expecting Mm -hmm. this to happen and to pay more than list, then it's almost a given. Mm -hmm. If it's not discussed and then, oh, by the way, oh, I didn't. I, I have to tell you something. You know, we looked right. at seven houses, and the, your top two have four offers each. Right. This should have happened. This conversation should have happened while you were talking about the pre-approval right. and the process. So right. they're just up to speed and not surprised. And I'm sure working with a good agent, 
the agent would advise them like, holy smokes, this one you're yeah. offering way over what this house is worth. That's you know? right. And that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, some I, I will walk into certain houses and say, <laughs> no. I, 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 no, no, like I'm going to wait in the car. <laughs> and I do that. That's okay. Right. And so, if they want to go do something crazy, well, it, you know. Knock yourself out. Yeah, right. Not with me. That's your deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah. think this is good for the market or a good sign for the market? Multiple offers overall? Short supply. Yeah. A lot of demand. And it keeps going. I had a I had a, a client call and say, you know, it's so crazy this year. I think we'll wait till next year. Hmm. And I said, you know what? That's fine. I, I just want you I want to be clear about something that please do not assume that in twelve months from now. It's going to be different. It may. It, it may absolutely be, but it may not. And so I don't want you to lull yourself into thinking that it's going to be markedly different because it, it may or may not be. Boy, we sure don't see a lot of signs that it's slowing down uh, and that the amount of inventory is going to go up enough to equal things out. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, as the economy recovers from this, this year, you know, I think we're going to see even more demand sure. and uh, with interest rates at, you know, 3%, like, are you, whoa. <laughs> I mean, what? It's, it's darn near free money. Right. Right. After your tax advantage, it's crazy. Well, thanks for walking us through this whole uh, multiple offer situation, because I know a lot of people have questions about it, and a lot of people have so many worries about multiple offer situations and questions about it. So I'm really, I'm really glad that you walked us through it. Yeah, well, thanks for the opportunity. It's uh, it's nice to talk about it because uh, out in the field, you know, it's nerve wracking, but um, it's nice to have a conversation about it. Right, yeah. without the pressure on. <laughs> exactly. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Marsh. If you have a question or a comment that you'd like included in an upcoming podcast, please call us at 612-352-9177. That's 612-352-9177. And please hit subscribe on whatever podcast source you found us on and rate and review our show as we are always looking to hear from our listeners. Thanks for joining us. This has been House Maxing with Butch Zielinski, a podcast designed to help sellers get the maximum value from their home. Butch is a licensed real estate agent in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Results. You can find him online at butchzielinski.com. And Zielinski is spelled Z-E-L-I-N-S-K-Y. If you'd like to share a comment or question on an upcoming podcast, call 612-352-9177. Again, that's 612-352-9177. Make sure to tell us to which show you are calling to contribute. And please know that we may include your voice recording in future episodes of this podcast. House Maxing is produced by Minnesota Podcasting and recorded in their St. Paul studios. And they can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the individual participants and may not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Remax Results or Minnesota Podcasting.